0: Welcome to Bothering the Band. My name is Ryan Bynak. With me, as always, is the producer of this podcast, Abby Levy, and we have a fantastic episode today. He is a... Boston comedy legend. He is a former punk rocker. He is the host of TV Guidance Counselor podcast. He is the one and only Ken Reed. He did Bothering the Band when it was only just a written article. And now he's back, ladies and gentlemen. We are so excited for this episode.
1: Ken hey how's it going
0: hey man what's going on not too much how are you i'm doing quite well welcome to bothering the band my name is ryan this is abby uh we're so excited and grateful to have you on
1: our silly little podcast today i'm psyched to be here i'm glad you guys are doing this as a podcast now
0: yeah i mean so you did the the written article uh, a couple years ago and um I had some friends tell me to turn it into a podcast. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And Abby stepped up and was like, I'll figure out how to do that.
1: <laughs> so That's what you need. You need a person to do that.
0: Yeah, especially me. I'm good at certain things, but there are certain things. I know my limits. You know,
1: really? <laughs> That's important. I didn't. So then I was that person for me.
0: Well, you've been in the game for a long, long time. How how long have you have you been doing TV guidance counseling?
1: since two thousand fourteen February two thousand fourteen, wow. wow, I just I just edited episode five hundred and forty two today. Who's on episode five hundred and forty two? It's a guy named RJ City, who's a professional wrestler. <laughs> um, but he's like a huge TV nerd. <laughs> oh wow, that's incredible!
0: Oh, wrestler.
1: Do you watch wrestling? No, no. <laughs> uh, but a, a friend was like, you got to have this guy. Like he's, he's right up your alley. He's like best friends with David Arquette. <laughs> and he's like, he has a YouTube channel. That's like 50% wrestling, 50% like 70 sitcoms <laughs> discussions. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> yeah. Perfect. For the folks listening, how many televisions do you have behind you right now? Um, I know I haven't counted. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 12. Wow, twelve actual TVs behind you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is this was from nineteen forty-seven. I was going to say it's either a circle screen or a laundry machine.
1: Yeah, it was sometimes called the porthole or the washing machine television. It's from nineteen forty-seven. Oh, cost wow. six hundred and ninety-five dollars in nineteen forty-seven, which is like twelve or thirteen grand now. <laughs> and there was like an hour of TV you could watch,
0: maybe yeah. a day. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. How do you get away with all? Like, I I don't know how big the room is there, but like it
1: it it's it looks cool. Room. Yeah, it's not a huge room. So this this was is my studio. Um, so like where this TV is is where people used to sit before the plague uh, and the end times before and Um, and when COVID hit, like a ton of people were like, I want to do a deep deep clean in my house and like posted a bunch of like vintage TV. Just come take it on like uh buy nothing group. So I was like, I'll come get them.
0: <laughs> so uh, that's better than me. I just got, I got a basketball hoop for my kid. I got a bike from my boss, some, a bunch of books and like basketball cards. So those are
1: know. all still pretty good. things. <laughs> I mean, these are pretty much useless other than just behind me as a background when I'm recording things.
0: It, it's a fantastic background. I I always
1: wanted to kind of live in Philo's lab from UHF. Perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We tried to get uh, uh, Weird Al on this. Oh, nice. Yeah, his uh, his publicist or manager uh, was very polite, but was like he doesn't. He has standard. Essentially, said he has standards.
1: Yeah, I I mean I I had him on. I had him on mine, but it was only because that particular uh, episode I did live at. Denver Comic Con. So uh, yeah. um, and then I hosted a screening of UHF with him in Providence. That was really fun. Um, but yeah, I can see that. My favorite no I ever got was I I emailed Albert Brooks's manager, who's this guy named Herb. And uh the <laughs> the sum total of the response I got from the email was this won't happen, Herb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we tried to get Doug Benson on
0: too, and his manager or publicist—I forget who it was—but um, gave us like all this, these tips on how to pitch it. So we yeah. like, told totally, it was so—it ni- was the nicest no. That so, makes sense. You know? Yeah,
1: because normally, like, if I if I have to go through anyone's people, they never do it. Never. Like if I don't if I don't get to them directly, they never do it. Except UK people. So for for some reason, I think it's just because they don't know like the level of fame from someone from the US. So like I got responses from people like huge people in the UK that I should not get responses from their agents and stuff who was like, oh, let's we'll run this by them. They have some co-. like, I'm like okay.
0: Well, that's how we feel about you. We can't believe you <laughs> agreed to do this.
1: Well, um, you know, my people said, hey, do it.
0: <laughs> they were like, do pro bono pods. Yeah, it's uh, fine. <laughs> so I told a bunch of my comedian friends in New York and they're like, that's get out of town. So I oh, made it cool. look good. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, nice.
1: Oh, happy to do that.
0: All right. First question. How are you and where are you?
1: Um, you know, I'm alive. Uh, And I am still uh, just north of Boston, about eight miles north of Boston. And does does anyone in your family call you Kenny? Uh, Some people do. Like the thing I always, people who knew me before I went through puberty call me Kenny. Um, And old men over the age of 75 who I don't know call me Kenny. So like I met, um, do you know where the character actor Dick Miller is?
0: maybe he if was, i saw him
1: he was mr futterman in gremlins like he's oh, been yeah, in everything. Okay. he's in the terminator and he's like hey just what you see on the wall buddy um he's he's no longer with us but uh i i did a convention with him and uh you know i talked to him for two minutes introduced myself as ken no it's like Ken. hey kenny kenny like hey like that kind of guy yeah. will always call me kenny is is it like a
0: go-to like old guy nickname like to give someone a nickname thing, do you think?
1: I think so. At first, I thought it was like a boston thing because okay. like, it's definitely like an old man, give everyone a nickname. Um, but it definitely happens when old men who are not from Boston <laughs> as well, <laughs> just, just to be Fair. an old man thing.
0: I did the reverse thing with my friend Joey I grew up with at a certain point. Literally, I would say like five years ago, we're almost 40. So at like 35, I was like, I can't call you Joey anymore. It's Joe yeah. or Joseph. So that's it.
1: But you, like, you have an unnicknamable first name. Yeah. Unless uh, someone's calling you, like, Rye Guy or something like that. Yeah,
0: that's one. Um, I do have a nickname. It's Ray Ray. Uh, people have Ray Ray, Ray, Ray for, for many different reasons. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Just what it is. Abby is a nickname. So there you go. Ken is a nickname, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Born in nicknames. Um, what
1: t-shirt are you wearing right now? Uh, I have on a, uh, a damned cartoon shirt by the artist Shag, who uh, is famous for doing like a lot of uh, 90s kind of lounge stuff.
0: That's amazing. I love my notes already. <laughs> <laughs> when does your Boston accent come out? Does it ever?
1: It does. If I'm making fun of somebody, um, if I'm really angry or really tired. <laughs> And I used to okay. joke on stage that I, I really worked hard to rid myself of it because I. Number one, I wanted people to listen to me. Number two, uh, I wanted people. If I was somewhere, I wanted them to not assume I was there to collect a debt.
0: Fair Ooh, enough. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to your pod for so many hours of your pod. I'm like, he does. It's no accent,
1: you know. It definitely man, can man. come out occasionally. Like I'll surprise myself sometimes. Like a, a word will come out, and I'll be like, "What the hell?" It's like. It's like when someone's turned into a werewolf and they like look at their hand in the movie and like there's claws, they're like,
0: whoa, what's the what <laughs> there's hair growing at yeah. the Boston
1: accent. Uh what shows are you currently watching? Uh Evil, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh The Good Fight when it comes back, final season. Uh, I was literally just watching Miss Marvel, like right before this. Oh, okay. Uh I've been watching Gilmore Girls, which I had never seen. So, so good. Doing all that. Ooh. I really love it. Yeah. I, We're I big fans. It. I avoided it and I don't know why. Um, but just, I mean, the caliber of guest star alone. I mean, Sebastian Bach is fantastic yeah. on that show. Get yeah, Tracy Lords, uh, Sparks. <laughs> um, like, just crazy yeah. amounts of people on that show.
0: So many music references, too. I love how many like punk and ska references they made. And
1: correct ones. Like, it's <laughs> it's clearly not just like a name drop, Like, it will be. Because sometimes there'll be someone who's just like, God, I don't know, kid, kid, give me a bunch of names of punk fans. <laughs> but like, it's like, no, that's a correct opinion that they've just exposed.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I think it came out at a time when I was, I don't know, 20. So I skipped over it too and revisited it a decade ago. Yeah, it's. Very uh, good.
1: I, I think what what like, what was it on, WB uh-huh. or CW? And, and it just like what it was on with i think was on with like seventh heaven and just it wasn't presented in the it, like as as it actually is and actually speaking in boston accents um the the actress who plays lorelei um whose name completely escapes me right now and um lauren graham yeah she was in a show in the mid nineties here called townies and it was set in Gloucester, mass and it starred her Molly Ringwald, Bill Burr, Ron Livingston and Jenna Elfman. And it's actually Shut really up. good. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> and there, are are all these townies that live in Gloucester. They're waitresses at this like kind of crappy restaurant. And it has one of my favorite Thanksgiving episodes ever. They're all like super poor and it's very funny. Dana Gould wrote for it. Um, and it just, People totally forgot about it. It was like <laughs> seven episodes.
0: I was going to say how many seasons and where can we find it? YouTube?
1: There's some of it up on YouTube now. I used to tape trade for years. So I have like okay. DVD R rips of it uh, somewhere. Um, and it all aired in the UK. So when I lived in the UK, I remember it was ITV2 aired like all seven episodes because there was one I had never seen. And so that you could find it. It's out there. This is a perfect segue to my
0: next question. Do you remember the show? And I'm sure you do, Ed. Yeah. With Michael Ian Black, yeah, uh, great, great program, and Julie Bowen. So many people in it. Justin Long. Um, what do you know? Why I'm sure you do. They
1: don't stream it, syndicate it. Never? Music rights is uh, my is what I've been told. Um, and it was there's a weird era of shows, which is like late 90s to like the mid 2000 2000s, where streaming was not a thing. They were starting to do TV shows on DVD, but not really. And syndication had gone away. So the rights for those shows are like weirdly in limbo, because they didn't really anticipate stuff. And they're hard to find on like the 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 gray market, because previous uh, post VCR DVD, era but people didn't save those things because they're not yeah. a physical medium. So there's like, it's easier to find shows from the late seventies that people taped that aren't officially released than it is to find shows from like 2005.
0: Wow. What an educated answer. How do we bring let's, I'm going to make that my mission. Cause I remember loving Ed, bowling alley lawyer. Like yeah, said, and it was real Northern
1: exposure. Yeah. Yeah quirky town. Yeah. Not too, not too <laughs> dissimilar to Gilmore girls.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite show of all time? That's if, tough. If, yeah. If you can answer
1: um, it. It kind of depends on my mood. I'm trying to think of like shows I go back to the most or, or like I can always just watch um, new heart, the eighties, okay. new heart shows up there. Um, SCTV is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Science theater, 2000. um, Barney Miller. Uh, uh, okay. Just the 10 of us. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yes. I do have the world's largest collection of just the 10 of us. No I'm way. Right. <gasps> it's not, it wasn't a difficult, uh, it wasn't a difficult title to have, but I have met, I think all the cast members and I have, I might have some in this room. I have almost every single script, uh, continuity script. And so what those are is like, they take a Polaroid of everybody's outfits in each scene so that they can keep the continuity. So, I have these scripts and they have like one-off polaroids like stapled in them of like every episode of that show <laughs> i might have one over here i loved that show oh, as a yeah. as a kid who was home alone a lot i was like look at their big <laughs> happy family here's here's one thing i have it's a it's a cast uh shirt that wow. bill kirkenbauer gave God me uh, signed to me and i wow. had plan- it was literally just sitting next to my desk
0: Okay, this begs two questions. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: it, are you super organized? Do you have everything? No, you're not. Not at all. Like I, I used to be, but I just have too much stuff, and i have been trying to get rid of stuff and kind of only keeping stuff that like I could never get again. So like physical media is pretty much if, if I can stream it, or, you know, read it as an ebook, it's gone. But stuff like that, that just ten of us am keeping over here. I have a screen used child's tea set from Drop Dead Fred. Like I have that in a display case so I can have it out. So like, I'm trying to get stuff that I can actually like see and enjoy. Uh, Cause otherwise it's just in boxes, like in my basement.
0: <laughs> oh man. And then the other question is, do you ever plan to write a book? Cause there I've are. Tried. Yeah.
1: But what there... were you going to say?
0: I was going to say there are comedians in, in the back of my brain that I'm, I'm like, I can't wait till they get old and write a fucking book and
1: you are one of them. (laughs) Thank you. That's a high compliment. I've, I've, I've stopped and started a few times. So I have one, like a half written kind of memory thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I pitched a show to a cable channel a few years ago that they said was too ambitious and I had written seven episodes of it. So I started writing that new book that that was about, it was about a guy like a flea market guy who buys storage lockers and he specializes in video games and lighters. And in one storage locker, he finds this video game that actually turns out to be this like cold war era weapon. And so when he tries to play it, it like, it like, uh, the, it like wakes up basically like these KGB guys who've been sitting around forever in these like 1970s FBI guys. And he has to go on the run through like the flea market underground. <laughs> but like all these guys who sell like weird luggage and stuff um so i may revisit that at some point um and then recently i started kind of outlining stuff again about like just like the 90s and being in punk rock bands and how weird that was and um you know i'm reminded especially with all the stupid alt-right stuff um i'm reminded of like dealing with neo-nazis on a regular basis and all that kind of stuff um and how that wasn't normal for like teenagers
0: yeah. Now that you mention it, that's not too normal. Um, uh, so back to the show, I'm, my brain is going nuts right now. Okay. Back, back to the show idea. sounds great. Netflix. If you're listening, they're good <laughs> listeners.
1: Yeah. If you're listening,
0: this show is especially piggy. I don't know why piggybacking off the Russian shit and then stranger things. Yeah. It's perfect. And- yeah. At
1: one point for a couple of years, like one thing that, the podcast got me that doing stand-up never did weirdly was people getting interested in me pitching shows. So I, you know, I think I pitched like 20 something shows over the years and nothing came The other one I really liked, um, I pitched the IFC and I completely pulled out of my ass cause they were like, we want shows like uh, documentary. Now is our favorite show that we have on. So I pitched this show that was essentially if you combined quantum leap with a video store. So it took place in the future and it was called three-day rental. And in the future, you could go to a place and rent someone's life for three days from the Oh. so it was kind of an anthology but then it had this like overall sort of storyline that was going on and the, the, it got really complicated um, but they were like that's too much like documentary now which it really wasn't at all but yeah, it also sound like that. the reason I came up with it was because they said that's what they wanted um, sure. so <laughs> that, that one I, I might revisit that one
0: I was going to say that speaks to my sensibilities of time travel and, and, and off kilter sci-fi, you know? So yeah, I the, urge you to not that I my opinion matters, but I urge you to keep revisiting that
1: one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like that one cuz it was it I forget what the twist was that I had in it, but it was something like it, you know, it it would only be these it was nobody famous and so it was only these people who they said like donated their live lifeline things. And you had to like rewind it at the end so that it didn't affect things. But then it turned out these people were like being kept almost in like a weird matrixy kind of thing. They're not, they didn't actually donate it. They haven't been allowed to die. And that's why it doesn't affect what happens in the real world. so it was like, ended up being this, like, it got really darker than I thought. Cause it was t- a total comedy when I first started writing it.
0: Oh, I love it. Again, my writer brain is going, going haywire. I would watch that. I would watch that 150%. I, Seriously. I would, I would call you, Abby, I'd call you and be like, you have to watch this. <laughs> the show.
1: Exactly how it happens. We'd probably schedule some time to watch the first few episodes <laughs> Been, <up> together. <laughs> I, I'm So I'd, I'd watch it now. You guys convince me. Yeah, that was the way. The, uh, the other one I had was less high concept and was about this guy who, Like is overeducated i think he got like a phd and can't get a job and so the only job he can get is essentially as a repo man for shopping carts which is a real job uh because shopping carts are worth like six or seven hundred dollars a piece so they hire these guys to like go and repo that like take them from homeless people or like dig them out of uh you know sewers and stuff and so it was kind of the shovel just like this guy and, like, each episode was about a different cart and, like, its journey and how he had to, like, you know, get it back for this stupid supermarket corporation. Is he, like, adding them one cart at a time like they do when they collect them? And, yeah. like, as it goes on, like, by the yeah. end, he's, he like, just pushing big 20 carts. Yeah, yeah. he's, like, okay. here's my money for the year. <laughs> it's like a bounty hunter for shopping carts.
0: I want to do that job. I like that. That sounds fun. Uh, do you remember Cartoon Express? Of course, USA Cartoon Express, <laughs> the precursor <laughs> to
1: Cartoon Network.
0: Indeed, Abby and I talk about that uh, quite a bit. In a, yeah. In a minute.
1: In a minute. In a minute. <laughs> Sport Billy and Sport Lily. You had, you know, uh, Speed Buggy and the Choppers. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: you had the knockoff races. Yeah, I mean that was my favorite, but you had the knockoff Tom and Jerry, which was Trixie and
1: Trixie, Dixie and, Pixie and Pixie and Dixie. Yeah, and then Jinx, Mister Jinx, right? Was the... yeah. Those were um, Terry tunes. They were a different company from Hanna Barbera. There was like there was Looney. Hanna Barbera was the first company. Mm-hmm. This is you totally didn't ask me for this history. No, we um, love it. We visited on in it. <laughs> Mel Blanc's grave when we were yes. in LA. <laughs> oh yeah, um he's not too far from Vampira either. Um, and and Johnny Ramone actually is right near uh, Mel yeah, Blanc. The... Um hit that. <clears> throat> so throat> it's. It, Theatrical was the only way you did animation until the fifties. And then Hanna-Barbera was like, Hey, we can do cheaper animation and do it on TV. So they were the ones who innovated with like, it's the same background and just their Mm -hmm. head is animated. And so then you got all these companies doing it, which is when Looney tunes were all originally theatrical shorts. Um, Mm -hmm. but then you had Terry tunes and you started getting Filmation and all these like even cheaper companies, um, which is where you get like Ralph Baske did that 67 Spider-Man that you always see the meme of with like Mm -hmm. the pointing. Um, yeah, they're just so limited animation, but yeah, Terry tunes and actually in, (laughs) in New Hampshire, when I was a kid, there was a really bootleg, uh, amusement park. I'm doing air quotes called Benson's wild animal kingdom. And it was literally just this dude who had like a, a farm and he got like a tiger and it was so not legal. But at one point he tried to expand to be more of a amusement park. And so he was like, all right, you have, um, whatever you call it, six flags is linked up with the Warner brothers stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously Disney. So he signed a deal with T- Terry tunes, <laughs> So there was like Heckle and Jekyll, Pixie and Dixie, <laughs> Mr. Chinks. And they were just like the lamest costumes. Cause they, they like, didn't have caught, co- like, they're not, they're like, I guess we'll make this for your one-off weird. Uh, and that <laughs> amusement park still abandoned in New Hampshire. Like the, like the gorilla enclosure is still there and all overgrown. And it's like a, you can walk through it.
0: Now I know what we're doing next field trip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay ken reed what are you reading are you reading anything currently
1: i'm mostly reading comics so like i um i kind of shifted to all e stuff um and so i've been revisiting a lot of comics because on as much as i hate to use amazon i can get like 500 page comic compendiums of like bronze age stuff for like (laughs) $1.99. And I read way more than I used to um, and have like way more magazine subscriptions than I used to because I can read them all on my phone. The last book I read, um, Karen Duffy, Duff from MTV, um, who's just the best human being on earth. She just, she's in horrific pain all the time. She has a neurological condition, like agony, agonizing pain. You would never know it. And one of the ways she deals with it is she's like a a huge, uh, practitioner of stoicism. And so she just wrote this book about stoicism that is somehow really light and funny, but also like a really great history of stoicism and like a practical guide to using it. It's, it's so well done. Uh, that's probably the last thing I read, read.
0: Wow. We are in the matrix because I just read something today about Marcus Aurelius and stoicism. Yeah. And how often does that come up twice in a day?
1: I mean, in the times we live in now, probably somewhat more often than, say, 20 years ago. But yeah, that is a little plate of shrimpy.
0: That's a new one for me. Plate of shrimpy.
1: Oh yeah. From repo man. Oh. You know what he's saying? The coincidence there's a scene where Miller is like, you know, somewhat you might be thinking of a plate or shrimp or a plate of shrimp. And someone might say plate shrimp or plate of shrimp and it's no coincidence.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm there's more often than not no one who is into pop culture as much as we are, me and Abby we we ask a lot of guests if they know random celebrities and you, you you'd be surprised we ask uh, a lot of the younger guests do you know who bridget fonda is and it's like we're like oh and 12 or something like that right. and then we changed it cuz we felt bad cuz she's she's been through some ish lately yeah. and so we started asking people if they knew who french stewart was and it's right. like again oh and 12 mind you So most of our, I would say 50% of our guests are like young musicians, you know? Yeah. They don't know anything. How do you deal? This is my favorite question. How do you deal in your, in the real world with people who are so oblivious to pop culture, even the surface ones? Like if you make a back to the future or an Avengers reference, something that's so current or on the surface and then it just goes over like your uncle david's head and you're like
1: oh god i'll usually ask them like what are you watching <laughs> or like or i'll try to think of like what the point i was trying to make with the reference so i'll be like "Well, what's a dumb uh a dumb uh who's who's like a a blonde who used to pose nude in magazines when you were growing up <laughs> Like whatever <laughs> you know whatever reference you're coming up with i'll try to like to boil it down and ask because that's essentially what it is it's always like whatever archetype you're using it's just yeah. plugging in a different word for it
0: <clears throat> I, I it happens to me a lot i feel like uh i'm not as diplomatic reply. polite <laughs> i it's had just like, someone what
1: the hell are you talking about idiot
0: <laughs> i just give up i i totally move on i'm like well i i judge them and i'm like well we're not going to be friends i guess
1: oh i do that too It depends on how much time I want to put in here. Yeah, true. I had someone recently
0: not, and this was an old, not an older gentleman, but like I would guess like 50 and he didn't know what the movie knocked up was. And I was like, wow. So he would have been like like 30. He
1: would have been like 30 ish when it came out. Yeah. Maybe I could see him. But then at the same time, there's like, there are things that I have no idea, like especially any pop music from the last 15 years, um, nothing like people will be like, you don't know that song. And I'm like, no, I, I don't. And they're like, Hahaha. I'm like, no, I, I seriously don't know. I have no idea what that is.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're right there with you. Abby probably knows a little bit more than I do. Cause uh, I never listen to the radio no one who's current or like nominated for Grammys. I'm like, I got, I got nothing.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Even Oscars and Emmys half the time these days. And I used to know all of it. I'm like, I don't, I never heard of this show. I don't know who this person is (laughs) that oh, It looks like they were born in
0: 1995. (laughs) Oh man. 2005. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's go back to punk rock. What are are you listening to? And we just talked about music. What do you listen to? what do you listen to today?
1: Um, what did I listen to today? Um, I still like the, the new stranglers record. I say, it's okay. I think it came out last year. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Um, I've been listening to this band that I don't know how I didn't know about until this year and there are a Russian surf band instrumental band who started in the early nineties called Messer Chups. And messer chops? yeah, it's like the bass player is this really attractive Betty page looking lady. The guitarist is this kind of nerdy Russian guy. They'll do like, um, surf rock versions of like the twin peaks theme song and like wicked game. And like, they have this really cool kind of cramps light thing going on and they have like 20 albums. And I just heard about them this week. Um, I also have been really loving, Morris Day put out a new record. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's got a song called Grown Man, and it's just about like how millennials are stupid, but it's really <laughs> funny. And the first line in the song, you know, he starts off talking as Morris, only Morris Day can do. It's him and big daddy Kane actually, um, who refers to himself as dark Gable, which is amazing. Um, but the first song line in this song is Morris Day goes, I'm not sending dick pics in your dims. (laughs) And then he's like, if you want to see my private parts, I'll book you a flight. It's like the, it is so funny and catchy and just great. Oh, I have a list of things
0: to do right after this podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
1: You have a voice like a choir of angels. Oh, thank you. Yes. I've been working on my Morris Day. (laughs) I saw Morris Day play like a year before uh, COVID. It was so good. Wow. Really? He was was amazing. Yeah. I saw him and Billy Ocean were like some of the last couple of shows I saw and they were fantastic. Wow. That's incredible.
0: Wow. Um, I had a thought and I, it escaped me now. Um,
1: oh, did you watch the monsters trailer? trailer today? Yeah, it was fine. Like I, I don't like Rob zombie. Um, his movies are garbage. Uh, <laughs> and, and and the thing about him is I'm like, he should have done a monster movie. Like if he did like a crazy monster movie with like some weird multi eyeballed creature, like that would make more sense to me instead of these like, bleached out 70s retread boring exploitation things where i'm like eh, okay yeah. i get it oh white trash uh. um and like he totally missed the point of halloween where i'm like no the whole point is michael myers doesn't have an origin he's just pure evil he has no soul we don't you can't reason with him it's not because his dad was a jerk like there, that doesn't make him mo- make a different <laughs> movie about that um so i'm actually this was the first thing i saw that i was like yeah that's what i would want him to make and also the monsters the monsters is such a trojan to me the monsters is the kiss of television shows in that if you're a kid who likes horror you see a picture of them and you're like that looks like the greatest thing ever and then you finally see it or listen to it and you're like oh it's just a regular thing <laughs> like it's oh it's just a sitcom like it's not even like kiss you're like oh they're just like a 70s band they're not even they don't sound as cool as that they look uh because like the adams family is the great show <laughs> But the monsters <laughs> look cooler. Yeah. So you know, it was always a superficial show anyway. So you know, more power to
0: That was a great comparison, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and
1: what did? Do you remember what you got on your SATs? I got a. I think I got a twelve hundred on my English and like a six hundred on my math. Not. Is that good? I don't know. I never. No. It. No. I think. I think. I think, like, I forget what the highest you can get. It might be like 12 or 1300. So, like, I did really good in the English and then did like way worse on the math than like the majority of people. I thought
0: it was a combo or like a sum and you got an 1800.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I don't even think they do SATs anymore. Yeah. I kids. never took them. Never they took
0: them. They do the ACT, I think, mostly now.
1: All I remember what SATs is is in the movie dream, a little dream, which is a movie I could still not coherently tell you the plot of uh, that uh, Corey Haim goes, I thought it's a for Saturday afternoon test. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. That's a good
0: joke. That's a good bit. (laughs) I just read this book called, uh, last night at the Viper room about, it was a little bit about river Phoenix and like the late eighties, early nineties, Hollywood. And they mentioned Haim and Feldman
1: a lot. Haim was a mess. I met him once and I was just like, you know, having grown up with addicts and people with a lot of problems, I was like, Ooh, you poor, poor kid. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's go, but let's skip the HAME, poor HAME kid. Uh, let's go back to school stuff. Uh, do you remember your guidance counselor's name and did this person guide you?
1: Uh, I don't, and no, but I do remember them for some reason. I, I didn't get in trouble in school at all. Re, school was very strange. Like, we had this thing. This is a long answer, I apologize. No, um, this is what we're all about. They had a thing in my school that they started in like the fifties, where you could do all your classes in three years. You still didn't graduate to the end of the fourth year, but the idea was that whole fourth year you could work and save money for college. So you basically shoved all your classes into three years and it was, which is kind of a good program. So I did that program. I did all my classes and then they discontinued the program. So my senior year I had no classes, but I had to be there every day because of the attendance. Oh so I just did nothing and I would walk around and I would just hang out in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> no one said anything. Like one day I just was like, I'll just walk in there and I just like sit in there and read the paper. Um, and it was just bizarre in hindsight. And so, a few of the, some of the teachers really like me because they would and they would be like way too candid about things. They'd be like, a suit or whatever was wearing today. The kid, this kid's an idiot, like his dad's a drunk, or like whatever weird thing a teacher should not be sharing with you. Um, and I remember one of my teachers, actually junior year, for some reason I was talking about Fudgy the Whale one day. I have no idea why. No, cookie puss. I was talking about cookie puss okay. in like in like biology and everyone was like you're making that up you just want to say puss and blah 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 so this was like a friday monday we come into class and my teacher goes well everybody i just have something to announce i took a trip to the store yesterday and i purchased a cookie puss and you can have a piece if you apologize to ken (laughs) like so 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 i don't i didn't do much but some of the guidance counselors thought i was a complete screw up and everyone thought i was on drugs and i've never done a drug in my life like i remember this one teacher called my parents and said that i was on drugs and they were like what and it's like "Ken's very uh angry uh classy suits very bored um because i would get like if someone just was really stupid i would be like that you're really stupid like you're wasting everyone's time so so those are the two camps that that adults were in with me when I was in, in high school. And so for some reason, the guidance counselor was in the camp that I was a screw up. And so he kept giving my name to the army recruiters and they would call me all the time and be like, Hey, what's up, Ken? So you're in a band. How'd you like to be in a band and tour the whole world? How'd you like to be in a band of brothers? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, especially then I was like super anti-military and like mm-hmm. a real authority. And I was like, dude, stop calling me and they'd be like, "Wow, we get this cool duffel bag." And like I was like, "Dude, I'm not joining the army." Like I'm not joining <laughs> cool the duffel uh, bag. Yeah, and so then the the guidance counselor would yell at me and be like, "Whoa, they called me and said you were rude to them. You're never going to be anything and blah blah blah." And then I totally forgot about this guy. And maybe 5 years later I was working at WFNX, which was like our sort of K-Rock mm-hmm. station in the Boston area, and I was doing the movie reviews and I went to go to a screening of that terrible movie, Remember the Titans. Mm -hmm. And because they were trying to get like a groundswell of like high schools to get really into that movie. And Jerry Bruckheimer was at the screening, which was super weird. Um, And I told him I didn't like the movie, which is hilarious. Um, He was dressed on Miami vice. He's like, what'd you think? And I was like, "Ah, oh, it's kind of derivative garbage. Uh, So, but they had invited all these people from local high schools, like, like administrators and that, guidance counselor was there and he walked by and i was like chatting with jerry brookheimer telling him i didn't like his movie and then i remember going oh hey how's it going remember you said it wouldn't be anything and then he just like walked away
0: this i smell another pilot you need to write (laughs) (laughs) so the kid you could some maybe shoehorn this into the time travel matrixy thing
1: (laughs) yeah this is one of the things you could rent yeah, that did, telling did, that to Br- Br- Bruckheimer was like when that same year I told Dean Kuntz that I didn't like his book. <laughs> and I said he was okay, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did Bruckheimer or Kuntz respond? So <laughs> Bruckheimer was Bruckheimer was actually really cool. And he was like, nah man, I get it. You're like Cinephile. This is a movie for like, you know, eh, people. Like he was totally like he was, I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." Um, but so, Dean he Kuntz, got it. He did. He totally did. <clears throat> Dean Koontz was. I took this horror fiction class in college, and the guy who taught the class was a horror fiction writer under like a like a surname surname, like a pseudonym, and he was. <laughs> Was such a weird guy. His name was Gary Gosh Garian, And he would write books under the name Gary Braver. And he would always, he would always say things like oogie boogies. Like he'd be like, and then you read this and you get to oogie boogies. <laughs> and he was friends with Dean Koontz and Stephen King. And so one year, Stephen King came to the class and talked to everyone. Everyone was like, You gotta take this class. Stephen King comes sometimes. So he didn't. We got Dean Koontz, and we had to read the book Hideaway, which is a terrible book and an even worse movie. And the book's not good, and literally at the end of the book, a literal deus es machina happens. At, like out of no, it's about a serial killer and blood. This angel comes out of nowhere and saves everybody. That's like the end of the book. That's like uh, it, it's the worst ending. <laughs> and so, I wasn't trying to be a jerk, I'm much more tact. I have much more tact now, but um, you know, he was like, All right, what'd you guys think of this book? It's Dean Koontz, and he's like, You know, I could take it, i so I can take it. And um, I went, oh, I thought it was pretty obvious garbage <laughs> and then he was like what and i go you you literally have an angel come out of nowhere at the end like you clearly didn't have an ending and then he he goes he goes yeah well however many people bought the book, he's like yeah well i sold 10 million people bought that book and then i went yeah well they bought it before they read it <laughs> and then true. he was he was so mad and then i went it's all right i guess
0: <laughs> you backtracked a little bit uh, <clears throat> yeah. What was I going to say about Koontz? Oh, this is all perfect for your book. I can't wait to read your book in like <laughs> 10 years. Whatever I'll, happens. I'll mark, a note.
1: I'll mark a note, make a note to put that in there. I do. I will say to redeem Dean Koontz, he wrote a novelization of the Toby Hooper movie Funhouse, which is Toby Hooper's best movie and uh, under a pen name. And it's fantastic. It's the best thing he ever wrote.
0: Copious notes. <laughs> Usually I fill up like one or two pages. I'm on number three.
1: So Yeah, Funhouse already? is great. If you've never if right. you ever seen the movie. Years. Years ago. Yeah. I haven't. Oh, it's it is it captures that like unnerved feeling you got as a kid when you went to a carnival. Like I don't know any kids who are like, it's pure joy. It's just fun. Everyone was kind of like, I'm a, like kind of scared. And I don't know mm-hmm. what but it's a little thrilling. And it's the only movie I've ever seen that captures that. Did they remake it? No, they probably should have. Though, Hmm.
0: there might be more than one fun fun
1: Funhouse. There was a a pinball machine called Funhouse that was pretty good. Then there was the the JD Roth uh, game show.
0: (laughs) See, you're now you're blowing my mind. There's so much going over my head, and I'm like
1: JD Roth, your show now. (laughs) J.D. Roth created, I think, Bar Rescue or something like that. He does reality shows now, but he was this little redhead guy who hosted game shows when I was a kid. And there was one called Fun House that was kind of a rip off of Double Dare. And I remember when I was a kid, they had like auditions for it at the Meadow Glen Mall, which was the mall that had a musical instruction store owned by uh, Nunu Betancourt from Extreme, And the store was called More Than Chords and uh Sully Erna from Godsmack taught drums there. Um but in this mall they had uh, like a obstacle course like try out for funhouse and our, all I remember is I must have been 10. I go up there and JD Roth going going, "Oh, our next contestant's kind of husky."
0: I was like, "What the hell?" What a chick. The webs you are weaving right now in and out
1: of pop culture. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My brain is a strange place. It's perfect. But I need to go back to this store more than chords because okay. that song broke that band up. That oh, is yeah. why they will not be a band anymore. I guess they, they like, hate that song. We'll have a musical instruction store. And they actually shot the video for Mama, I Don't Want to Go to School Today at my high school. <laughs> okay. And my old high school principal, Mr. Larosa, who went to jail for being in the mob, is in the video. Stop it. I wrote this other. I just remembered. I wrote this other show that was called Superlatives, and it was three different decades in the same high school, and it weaved in and out of the three different classes of people because some were like the parents of some of the kids in the later ones through the yearbook, and it got really complicated. <laughs> and that That's a cool idea. concept too. <laughs> so how? So you would-
0: would you do flashback or like flashbacks
1: sometimes? So there was like, I think I started doing it with like each episode was in a different decade, but then yeah. sometimes you would see, cause cause I was always fascinated with like weird high school mythology. That would be, there'd be like, you know, back in, back in the day, there was a kid in that wood shop who likes <laughs> this happened. So I was like, let's show that. And then like what actually happened and how that became like a legend in the school or like stuff that would pay off later or like someone follow them when they're like, to 15 and then they're a teacher in the 90s or like whatever
0: oh that's good and then what happens in the wood shop is not nearly as like graphic or, yeah or or life-changing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I threw a bunch of stuff in there that like actually happened in my school. Like we had a teacher who got caught living in the school cause his wife kicked him out, but he was living in the school for like six months and no one knew. And he had, he was the shop teacher and he made himself a bed, uh, in the shop and he had it covered in like, like wood scraps. And then he'd like shower in the gym and like, uh, yeah, we had a lot of really weird stuff, uh, in our, in our schools
0: that that's i would watch that show right now <laughs> sounds like a great program abby you look like you had something else did you want to talk about godsmack too
1: oh well i mean
0: they are my favorite so yeah if we can just circle back
1: yeah well i mean sellierna <laughs> when they started as an allison chains cover band uh, good point he was the drummer and he taught drums at uh at this uh, music instructional store
0: that's wild. So I have this saying, I would say that music is, is like time machines. You hear a song and it brings you back immediately. And uh, Godsmack voodoo brings me back to driving to uh, like 10th grade, nine, maybe 11th grade and picking up our mutual friend, Justin foil. Uh, and every day, if you remember radio stations back then, they would play the same song at the same Some hour time. So if, yeah. you drove to work, mm-hmm. if you drove to work, you drove to school, if whatever you would hear generally the same same song. So, voodoo,
1: voodoo. <laughs> oh, <God. Man. laughs> God. I, for some reason, I, every summer, I I always, there's, do you, do you know the band Shades Apart? They were Maybe. this New Jersey sort of pop hardcore band from the 90s. They were fantastic. Um, they put out a new record last year, and they hadn't put out a record in like 20 years. Um, but they were like this pretty good, almost sort of metally melodic hardcore band. And then they signed to a major and did, the poppiest pop album I've ever heard. And I love it. It's called eyewitness and it's from 1999. I remember I was with my band. We like went on tour that summer and I was psyched to get this record and I put it on and they all hated it. Cause it literally like the first song is called Valentine and it's like my Valentine. And like their other stuff is like really heavy. Um, You know, does not sound like that at all. There's a song that's like at the end of the century. It's all like about like the millennium and stuff. And I just associate that record with the summer, all the, like just summer now, like, cause yeah. it's in, you know, 23 years ago. So like every June I pull, pull that record out. I was just listening to that the other day and I'm like, why doesn't everyone love this record? This is great.
0: Good on the list doing this right after that. <laughs> they
1: uh, put out a new album in 2020. It's well. good. It's pretty is good. It
0: poppy or is it, is it hardcore?
1: It's more like their earlier stuff. The new record so they have a great record called save it which is the one right before eyewitness and it's like what does it sound like it sounds like if agent orange was like more like a little more metally musically okay. um and uh you gotcha and, and and probably but like eyewitness through everyone for a loop like it just it's a great it's almost like th- it's like hardcore third eye blind did <laughs> <And laughs> i mean that in a good war <laughs> Wasn't their first album a little bit more hardcore? I think so. Well, compared to what they were later, I guess you could say that. But yeah, Third Eye Blinds a a little bit. I guess it's more akin to like the Goo Goo Dolls early stuff versus like their later stuff.
0: City of Angels shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generic. (laughs) That's a a well well said. So back to your band. Okay. Uh, Were you mad? Are you mad at Jared Leto?
1: I am, but not for the band stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What do you? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So Uh, many other, so many other reasons.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Personal reasons. What are you mad at Jared Leto? Besides Morbius,
1: he's like the world's (laughs) avatar of pretension. (laughs) Like, come on! It's like it's just acting, dude. Like, stop just stop like like you got opportunities because you're a good like you're you're weird good looking mm-hmm. um yeah. and so people were like ooh, and then you played a dick on my so-called life and everyone was <laughs> mysterious like he's but he's such an asshole but was kind of mysterious and then he managed to like parlay that into a weird career where I, like i see him he thinks he's disappearing in roles but really i'm just like what the hell is jared Leto doing mm-hmm. like you just can't He's all you see in a movie. Like, it's him being like, look at me. And uh, I don't even know if I've heard his band, but I just imagine he approaches that band like a deep cover method acting gig uh, where he's the singer in a band. So serious. He takes it so serious. Like you're an actor and a musician. You cannot take yourself seriously, dude. Like Robert Mitchum put out an awesome Calypso record. And that guy (laughs) was just a good time and an amazing actor. And, And Jared Leto, you will never be Robert Mitchum. I'm so glad you hit on my so-called life because that I feel like that's where he got the attitude from. Of course. Like, and then he never, he played Jordan Catalano. Yeah, It's like, he thinks he's Jordan Catalano. Like Mm -hmm. his band is basically frozen embryos, but you you know, without (laughs) even good choices of cover songs. Wow. The guy that played Ricky hosted part of the Thanksgiving parade last year, or the year oh, before. Oh yeah, he's an awesome guy, Wilson Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've thank you. A I couldn't come. He's on Star <laughs> Trek Discovery. Um, he's a good dude. He's also jacked now. He's like a superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. One time I saw Claire Danes in New York. I, I saw her at a at a um, Ben Lee show at the Middle East in oh, Cambridge nice. in like '97, and I was just like. The whole time, I don't even think I looked at the stage. The whole time, I was just staring at her like a creep. Didn't didn't
0: they date? Is yeah, yeah. yeah. So she
1: went on some of the tours mm-hmm. with him.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw her in Soho walking down the street once, and yeah, very striking, very beautiful,
1: tall, a little taller than I thought. But all counts like pretty cool, normal, down to earth person. Um, yeah. But yeah, but uh, back to what we're saying. Fuck Jared Leto. That's right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's also like. Granted, we stole our name from a movie and it was also a Peribu song, mm-hmm. but like 30 seconds to Mar, like what, what is he? A- That's a terrible band name.
0: Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's and- real bad. <laughs> There's someone out there right now, probably listening to this being like i love 30 seconds to mars like, my, well this is this is a wake-up call them, right? to them what do they even <laughs> sound like
1: like what what bands do they sound like because i can assure you i could suggest 10 better bands that do that sort of thing
0: they sound like J- jared leto is in their band that is oh, what they God. sound like. <laughs> like his personality <laughs> yes it's like i'm so emo but i'll scream at you but like also but I'm maybe be I'll slightly sultry for yeah. a second, too. I'm in yeah. so much pain, but isn't it
1: sexy? Yep.
0: And wear a really long t-shirt.
1: So we will never have that band on this podcast moving on. Yeah. Well, you might <laughs> he might do it, like just to be like, oh, I should talk to the people who don't like me so I can get an idea of what it's like to not be Jared Leto. <laughs> this is my favorite note. Just
0: fuck Jared Leto. <laughs>
1: I'm going to put that in the description I do have you know. the uh, box set Of My So-Called Life around here somewhere. It's fantastic, I have my copy right here mm-hmm. uh, That show is one of my all-time favorite things I've, Amazing. I've sent, sent to Moses is a friend Who was on that show um, She played the girl who was uh, Brian Krakow's lab partner um, And she's in I also have gone and visited all the houses From My So-Called Life, they're all in South Pasadena So what? like the Chase house is right across the street From like where Krakow's house Yeah, I have photos of like me in front of the of my so-called Life houses, actually in those houses that my so-called life houses in South Pasadena are right around the corner from Pee-wee's house from Pee-wee's big adventure and the Myers house from the first Halloween movie and uh Andy's house from pretty in pink is like almost you can almost see it from the Chase's house
0: well I know what we're doing we go back to LA
1: next yeah year. we're done going to author's houses and now we're going to tv houses oh yeah I could give you a whole list and the two houses from halloween are across right off the sunset strip not far from the rainbow room and the viper room as is the house from nightmare on elm street and the current occupant of the house from nightmare elm street is bo burnham what (laughs) yeah his girlfriend or i forget if i think they're married she owns that house and they live there i think they might have just sold it actually but yeah he they lived there for years that actually the house he shot that special in the the COVID special is the Nightmare on Elm Street house, <clears throat> <clears> and you... one more fun fact: two houses down from that Nightmare Elm Street house is a house that used to be a duplex, and it's the house that John Doe and Xene Cervenka lived in when they started X and wrote all the songs in the first wow. two X albums, which is like a super fancy house now.
0: That's incredible. So how do you get from my so-called life to Bo Burnham in one (laughs) fucking degree? And how is that degree nightmare on Elm street? That is bananas. Such as LA. I don't know how to, I'm going to, here we go. Following that with this super dumb question, what superhero or villain would make the best
1: therapist? oh that's a good question the best therapist well you'd need it would probably have to be a villain because because heroes are all about themselves so like batman would be a terrible therapist um even though he's very insightful um you would need someone who was clinical but hmm let me think a moment here i'm gonna go with swamp thing not a villain but because he is a, a plant with the memories of a man he uh and is the embodiment of the green he's outside your being enough to be objective but can also understand where you're coming from
0: i was gonna say and also empathetic
1: so yeah i'm gonna go swamping. it's perfect 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 answer spray sunscreens or lotion sunscreens <laughs> spray always spray lotion is everyone who uses lotion i'm like i feel like they're kind of a weird sex person like they have to be some kind of creep like because because we've moved like you don't need to be rubbing stuff on yourself like you there's something weird where you're like oh, i just want to rub myself though like no we we have spray like or you don't someone else do that <laughs> like yes yeah, so you have like do you just feel like the coverage is better or yes. like you don't like I always i always
0: get burned with the spray Abby See with the Lotion. Sex lady,
1: just but you know what, her mom's a you say list, sorry yeah. to Deb right now, Ryan. My <laughs> bad, Deb. We, um, <laughs> two things, but it just seems weird to like rub your like, like when you don't have to. That's why I'm always like, <laughs> you could just spray yourself and it would take like a second. You're like, no, I need 20 minutes to slather myself in lotion. <laughs> seems weird to me. Um, we also, <clears throat> I don't know if you had this when you were a kid, but when we didn't have air conditioning <laughs> i called this white trash air conditioning and it was uh sea breeze which is like Noxema the type of yeah, yeah. And, you're, and they would just put it all over your body and it was like tingle so you wouldn't feel hot but that was like a big like parents would be like here you go <laughs> let's put this all over you this i used helpful. that on my face in the yeah, 90s it makes it tingle you, you, like, right? things,
0: know, like, yeah yep. i was gonna say was that the thing yeah you put the, yep. the cotton <laughs> yeah. swab okay yep. Yep.
1: yeah and then you get all tingly apparently it cools i you never bathed do not feel you cooler know. but you just i guess you don't feel hot because you're like i think this is an allergic reaction <laughs> 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 i love that my
0: opinion was like sprays easier. And he just went down such a crazy, like a wild <laughs> reasoning behind it. Brilliant. But Abby, you're outvoted. I like,
1: to, I like to, I wonder why people do things. And to me, I'm like, by choice, you are just rubbing your hands all over yourself for more time than you need to.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it oh, oh, that's what you think. <laughs>
1: i'm not saying it's wrong hey you do you you know literally but uh you know it's not for me uh next question do you have dimmers in your home dimmers i do have a couple dimmers yeah i mostly light my home with led christmas lights to be honest and t and fuzzy tvs and tvs yeah um, and if I lived alone, I would probably not really have lights on that much. <laughs> okay. Like, so, so you like it dark. Yeah. I used to call it blind practice. Uh, when people would complain about it, cause I'm like, I can get around my home and do everything in the complete darkness. Uh, if I ever go blind. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I would have a really cold and really dark. Best food to use a spork. Best food to use a spork. Uh, grape nut custard
0: very specific we would have take also taken mac and cheese but that you won
1: similar consistency though because especially yeah. if it has a crumble top because you want the fork to stab sort of the base stab and then the spoon food, yeah. to grab the sort of gelatinous <laughs> my old ben what? had a song called spork
0: i, I that mm-hmm. some of mm-hmm. these
1: questions do uh, are tailored slightly ah, towards each, each guest takes a are, while I wrote Spork uh, when I was thirteen in English class.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's wild, man! When I was thirteen, I just was skateboarding and
1: I was just making notes. I used to listen to to punk rock. Oh yeah, I used to bring headphones and I would listen to WMVR's record, uh, uh, Breakfast of Champions and Late Risers Club, which was their punk rock shows. I would listen to those for like the first half of the day (laughs) in class, and no one said anything so we're we're originally from orlando florida and
0: growing up there i couldn't wait to get out but now that we're older we're looking back and we're so surprised at the punk rock scene we went to so yeah. many shows when we were kids and we're like at the time we're like orlando sucks but now looking back we're like yeah it had a pretty cool scene there was like ska bands in our high school less than jake
1: is yep <laughs> um yeah you had Marilyn manson <laughs> You don't claim anything <laughs> you don't to do claim, that, especially that now man. no but there's mm-hmm. a lot of hardcore bands a lot of punk fans there was a, a an yeah. unusual amount coming out of florida in the in the 90s and they always
0: like a lot of even the east coast like uh the east Coast new york hardcore bands would come down to florida yeah. for some we
1: would drive down we'd go like maine to florida that would be like yeah. the the route there's an unusual yeah. amount of comedians from florida that you would not think are from florida as well
0: baffled like todd baffled. barry yeah uh Kreischer well, Burke <coughs> Bert from Florida yep. too. Alan Havy. We or I listen to uh Brooks Wheelan's podcast. He's oh, yeah. taken a hiatus, but um it's entry level, and I was blown away by how many comedians were born in Florida.
1: Yeah, um, it's very strange. So comedians you think of as being like really New York. Yeah. Uh we also of get pod. Delta
0: Burke.
1: Yeah. I, I love know. Delta Burke. She went to my high school. Delta Burke is. A less weird looking katie perry mm-hmm. and is a comedic just dynamo she got so unfairly treated in the in the 90s and should have been uh, should still be a huge star and it is a travesty that was another agreed good completely yeah i watched reruns when- of designing women designing <laughs> women's amazing. It's a great show. Uh, Fantastic I, show. you know, and I love Julia Duffy replaced her. Who's become a good friend, which is insane to me. Cause I love Julia Duffy. She's so funny. Um, and, uh, they offered that part, not, it was a different part, but when Delta Burke left, they offered Bonnie hunt, who was still a cancer nurse in Chicago, um, she still keeps her nursing license. She was making like 30 grand a year as a cancer nurse in Chicago. They offered her something like $40,000 an episode. And she was like, eh, the script, I just don't like it. I don't want to do it. And they wow. thought it was like a negotiating thing. She's like, oh, I just, I'm sure it's fine. But it's just not for me. And stayed in Chicago as a cancer nurse. That's wow. great.
0: The knowledge ugh, you should, write. Uh, I take it back. Not a book, like an encyclopedia, maybe something like that.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of those things, like one of the reasons I started the podcast was there's like all these people who I admired, who I would like wanted to read an autobiography of that didn't exist. So I'm like, I'll just go get it. And so like Bonnie's one of them, like Cassandra Peterson, who's Elvira is one of them. Oh, she's written a great book uh recently the first two chapters are almost like a transcript of our conversation (laughs) um but i that stuff i love i love hearing that stuff from people so if i if i can't read it i just go get it
0: it's great that's exactly why we started this we're 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 not musicians but we are music like geeks and we're like how do we become friends with
1: our favorite musicians yeah oh same (laughs) yeah like I, I look at the musicians that I've had on it. I cannot believe that they've talked to me. Um, and, and, and part of the reason is because we're not talking about what they talk about all the time, which they yeah, love. Same here. Same yeah. here. Like we people are like, sporks. yeah. I'm like, you had Steve Albini on. And you just talked about speed racer for an hour. Oh uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: We had um, a band that he produced on the written one called Prince of Lilies. Okay. they're like a pu- LA punk rock band. Uh, the lead singers from Greece, but yeah, Steve Albino uh, did their first two albums, I think. Um, this is perfect. Another perfect segue. Minor Threat or Fugazi?
1: I always hated Fugazi as a kid, and I it just seemed. I think it was a backlash of I hated. I hated hippies and like fish and the Grateful Dead. And I was like 14, and I'm like, Fugazi's like freaking hardcore fish. Um, <laughs> and I don't know really why I thought that. Uh, and I wasn't actually a huge minor threat fan anyway. Like I thought they were fine. Um, yeah. But I've come around to Fugazi like literally in the last five years. Like Waiting Room is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. So um, and it just has such a good groove to it. Um, so I. I probably listen to Fugazi more now than I listen, ever listen to Minor Threat. We've been sitting on that
0: question for a year <laughs> about like, who who's the right
1: person to ask this very specific question. And there you go. And actually <laughs> my favorite thing Ian McKay did was he did a record with Al Jorgensen from Ministry called Palehead. Oh, wow. And it was just an EP and it's awesome. It's big. It sounds like, exactly what you think Ian MacKay fronting ministry would sound like. And it's awesome. <laughs> they did this single called I will refuse. That's just, it's so good.
0: So much to do so much homework. <laughs> I have to do. Now. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: sorry. I apologize. <laughs> mm-hmm. totally
0: not... um, this is an Abby question. Nobody cares about your Zodiac sign. What's your favorite garden hose setting?
1: Oh, soaker soaker yeah okay. soaker is a weird one because it is it, it, it's it's like hey what can we make this hose look broken for like <laughs> you're like what is this setting because it's just like squirting out of everywhere but someone engineered that that will like get the most water out in the most efficient way to like fill a bucket and it just like it's the weirdest setting and it's fantastic <laughs>
0: what's yours abby
1: um, well, lately, gentle mist, because
0: it's oh, mostly nice. to cool. uh, water the raspberries, and don't you don't know. want to beat them
1: up too much. Not a euphemism. Nope. <laughs> could be also, though. I mean, take it how you will. Again, <laughs> sorry, have, Mom. I would get the mister sometimes. It's just, like, nice if it's really hot, and I don't have a pool. Mm-hmm.
0: It is. That, that might be mine this, this time of year. Abby mentioned berries not a joke i have this on the list what is the superior berry crimber wow
1: it's superfood <laughs> take- it can go sweet it can go savory uh it tastes like no other berry and uh grows in bogs it floats uh you know it's it, wisconsin actually produces more cranberries than new england does but we we are second place um and it, it's great in everything done and-
0: next moving on so many he has his opinions just ready and i didn't
1: even mention antioxidants (laughs) (laughs) this episode brought to you by cranberries (laughs) cranberries good for your urinary tract
0: (laughs) okay um your wife is in labor you're rushing to the hospital you get in a cab and it turns out
1: to be the cash cab do Mm -hmm. you play a few rounds yeah of course what am I gonna do at the hospital? She's gonna be doped up. She wouldn't even know I was there. Like if you're gonna have a kid, you're gonna it's gonna cost you a lot of money. You're gonna wanna try to get some, you know, some money for that kid. And also, that's a way better story. Yeah. Uh was Ben Bailey on your show ever? No, I've never had I've talked to Ben about doing it, but then I never I forget why we didn't do it. That's surprising. He's pretty accessible, I feel like. It was when I was doing them in person, I would I would do them when people would come through town. Yeah. And if people were New York based, they do not stick around in Boston. Like that, like the beauty of it was like, if a band is on tour or even a comedian was on tour, they would just sit around all day and have nothing to do. So they would be like, great, something to do during the day, you know, I'll buy you lunch. Um, But like New York people would like get there right before the show and then like go home usually. So I weirdly, even though they would seem more accessible, a lot of New York people, I had trouble uh, pinning them down.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe there's a beef. <coughs> I think it's a beef or just a proximity.
1: It could be both. When's the last time you saw Weekend at Bernie's 2? The last time I saw Weekend at Bernie's 2 had to be 1995.
0: Wow. Any reason?
1: I think I only saw it once. I saw it when it was on, on video, and I didn't dislike it. I like the escalation of introduction of voodoo, Um, but uh, you know it wasn't something I was like uh, you know eager to see again. I've had two cast members from Weekend of Bernies on my show.
0: Oh wow! Also, just real quick, did you hear it, Abby? His Boston accent when you said "saw" the word "saw," Saw. yeah, saw it. it Yeah, I saw it. It Had a little (laughs) "r" at the end. You heard it, folks. His Boston. No way kid, can you go yeah. th-
1: buy a ticket for weekend at Bernie's and then sneak into Basic Instinct? <laughs> no, it's perfect. They don't even look. I know it's rated R. Rated R.
0: There you go. I can't <laughs> do accent, so I won't even try or impressions. Um, do you follow us on Instagram? Um, I don't know if I do. I will after yeah. this if I don't. This is, you'll, you'll like this. This is our time to plug shameless plug. Everyone listening, follow bothering the band on Instagram and all the socials also follow, follow Ken. You have what two?
1: Yeah. I have Kenneth W Reed on Mm -hmm. all the things and TV guidance on all the things. Yeah.
0: And uh, whichever one you posted the depressing COVID thing today. Thanks a lot. Oh yeah.
1: I am like, why don't people uh, pay attention to this? Because. Uh, I am going to ignore now. it now. Yeah. I don't get it. Like I, I don't leave my house anyway. I, I had to go to Las Vegas for a work thing. It was like the first time I've traveled that was a couple weeks ago and it was hell on earth. Like I, I always joke, but I'm actually pretty serious that like, I've just been training for this my whole life. Like I get everything delivered. There's no reason for me to leave the house. I am perfectly cool socially with doing things like this to talk to people. That is very satisfying for me. I don't need to go anywhere.
0: I was going to say something about delivery. I don't know. What's the last thing you had delivered?
1: Um, Today I had food delivered. Had some ice okay. cream delivered. Some ice cream delivered. Yeah, uh, like
0: just a single cone? Or are you talking like a, cart- a carton or a pint?
1: So here's the thing a lot of people don't know about New England. <laughs> we are the homemade ice cream capital of the world and they're the most non-chain ice cream places in the whole country. And people eat ice cream all year round here. It's like a big activity. Like in the winter, they, we eat more ice cream here than in the summer. Um, and so just within five miles of my house, I think I have six or seven, like really good homemade ice cream places and they all have like their own flavors and like a quart of like hand-packed is like eight bucks. And so I'm like, right. I would never buy like a Ben and Jerry's or anything. Oh, there's is...
0: no fish food for you.
1: No, this place does a cannoli ice cream and it's got, it's a cannoli cheese flavored ice cream with crushed cannoli shells and little chocolate chips. Sounds delicious. I would eat that yeah. right now. <laughs> okay. What
0: musician live or dead would you like to quote unquote bother? And what in, in the same vein, same theme as our silly podcast, what would you ask this person?
1: Um, Prince. And I would talk to him about comedy because everyone I know who met Prince or knew Prince always tells me he was really funny and was a huge comedy nerd. And I've never, I just want to know like what the hell he was watching or whatever growing up or like I'm fascinated by that.
0: Great answer. We had Tom Arnold on the pod. Oh, yeah. Tom's and, Tom's a bud. And he has a great uh, basketball. It was a basketball story, right, Abby? Mm-hmm. We played basketball with Prince, mm-hmm. and he was, like, blown away by how effing good he was. Oh, yeah.
1: Tom's one of the few people. For, Tom and I did some shows together, where we had to have an armed guard with us, which was amazing because uh-huh. um, the Trump. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, but yeah. Um, Tom's one of the only people who I've had to ask to stop talking for a minute. Cause I needed a moment to stop laughing while he was telling me stories because it was hurting me physically.
0: When he was on, we were, it was, uh, you know, we have like 20 to 30 questions written. Sometimes you get to them. Sometimes you don't. And I think we got to a fraction. Cause it was just like, all right, it's, we just let him
1: go. Oh yeah. He's and all over. Yeah.
0: Amazing story after story. And as you know, the thing we were, and not to turn this into a Tom Arnold episode, is that he was so, everyone asked, like, what was he like? It was like he was so sweet. Oh, yeah. And He's like such a, a good dude, a doting dad. He talked about his
1: kids so much. I, he and loves his like, kids. Yeah. But like perfect. all this stuff about him. And again, this isn't Tom Arnold pot. it maybe should be, but like, he's run a camp for like sick kids on Catalina Island for like 30 years. You'd never know about it. He runs like 10 charities, like him and Arnold Schwarzenegger handout presents to kids in homes every single day in December, every year, since like 95, you'd never see a picture of it. You'd never know it. Like he just does all this stuff. Wow.
0: Uh, okay. So who's next on, can you tell us any other names coming up on your pod?
1: Um, who, yeah, let me look at who I have in the queue. So this week is, um, Baratunde Thurston, who's an old friend who has a new show on PBS, which is cool. Um, who do I have coming up? Uh, next week is Lexi Alexander, the, um, director. She did Punisher Warzone. Um, she's amazing. She's really cool. Um, who else do I have Mike Kane from the van Michael Kane in the Michael morning kane. afters? yep, not <laughs> Michael kane uh Otto Bruno, who wrote a great just wrote a great book about Barney Miller um who else do I have them? That... Oh, I'm recording with Joel Zwick uh tomorrow actually, <laughs> wow. who directed like every sitcom ever made the movie second sight um, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting um, yeah, so I think I have episodes in the can through like. October.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. So, this is your what's besides the episodes, what's next for Ken Reed? What do you want to promote? What do you want to tell the people?
1: I don't know. Just the episodes really. It's funny. I I I haven't said I've quit stand up, but I just haven't done it in like 2 years some yeah. re- I don't like I, like I see really crappy shows people do and I'm like, not leaving the house for that. Um, but I had I had planned to do another album before COVID hit. Um, all that material I scrapped because it just seems like irrelevant now, but I probably have another hour of stuff, um, since then. Um, so it's all
0: about sneezing and coughing.
1: Uh, one, one is about my wonderful journey with a kidney stone last year, uh, which was one of the weirdest things that's happened to me. Um, I did some shows with Todd Barry in December last year, and I just went up and talked about that for like a half an hour. (laughs) I was like, this is, um, yeah. So I, I may do that. Um, like I said, I started kind of messing around with writing a book again. I don't know. I always, I get really ambitious and then I get like really darkly like, oh, everything I do is garbage.
0: Wow. Well, other, I'm so happy. Not that doesn't make me happy, but other artists are like this, you know, we're like, it's oh, so yeah. great. The highs and lows are so high and so low.
1: I think if you didn't have those, you wouldn't do anything. Like if yeah. you were just right down the middle, you would never be motivated. You'd never get that push to do anything. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is, this is such a great episode. So to, to one other thing, speaking of art, do you, I don't know if you remember, I sent you a book once. Do you still have? Oh that yeah. Book yeah. I you're do.
1: Shedding books. No, I still have it. It's Physical in this book? room somewhere. <laughs> Abby's shaking her head. Yeah, no, it's in this room.
0: All right. Great. Um, Ken, we can't thank you enough, man. This has been, uh, we could keep going forever and just, you, <laughs> you know, know where to find me. I'm not going I'm, anywhere. <laughs> I want you to, in addition to writing a book, do a book on tape so I can just listen to it at night, fall asleep, okay, you know? Okay, sure. Yeah, I can do that. Abby, anything else for him? Or I I just want to oh, keep have- this going
1: <laughs> out of questions and we've been going for an hour and 15, but well, you know, you can come up with new ones and have yeah,
0: we'll back. have you back, you know? um dude thank you mm-hmm. so much this you're has welcome. been incredible i've been a fan of your pod and and, and your everything you do for a long time so well, thank you to so have much you that back. means
1: the world to me thank you
0: thanks for sticking with us and sticking with me man
1: of course happy i'm glad you're doing it
0: and that's our show
1: Me. Do what you want, but don't you do it to me. Do what you want, but don't you do it to me. Do what you want. You hit into the wall. Now you're a roll. You think I care what do you do? Do what you want, but I will Why do you're through. Yeah, do what you want, but don't you do it to me. Do what you want, but don't you do it to me.
0: Do what you want we